Hello and welcome to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope that today's message will inspire you to grow in your journey of faith. We believe that hope is for everyone. So, no matter where you find yourself on your journey of faith, we believe Jesus is willing to meet you right where you're at. So again, thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. We are going to get right into the word of the Lord today. How many of you know God's already doing some beautiful things? Uh, But how many of you know that you still want more of his word, right? We're going to turn our attention and our affection to his word now. And we've been on a series that we have called On Earth As It Is In Heaven. And how many of you are getting something out of this series? Man, I'm so glad three of you are. I'm just kidding. Um, it's been a beautiful, beautiful time in the Word of God. And, and last week we talked about how uh, practicing stillness is, is a huge part of our spiritual walk, but also our, our practice in prayer, right? And we've talked about how uh, as Jesus uh, taught us in the book of Matthew chapter 6 uh, about prayer, Prayer, that there's really kind of six different S's that we've identified, right? We talked about stillness last week. Today, I, I'm going to talk to you about something that all of you are going to love, uh, and that is submission. Um, and then we talk about supplication, surrender, and standing firm. But be- before we uh, jump into the scripture and into that, I just want to remind you of a few things that we've been making as, as strong declarations in this series. Number one, I want to remind you that a praying church is a powerful church, right? Come on, we want to be a powerful church. In order to be a powerful church, we're going to be a praying church. Number two, I want to remind you that a, a praying people, right, uh, are a powerful people. And we've talked about this, how this is not just relegated to a certain generation of people. This is for all generations. Even as we looked this morning at what kind of intergenerational living God has called us into, it is on us. Hear me, church. It's on us to teach the next generation that their power will come from a personal presence-driven relationship with the Heavenly Father. Come on, how many of you say amen to that? I want to remind you that apart from God's presence and power, we are limited at risk and liable to lean on our own understanding. We can be talented. We can have cute little taglines. We can have, we can be decent looking. Come on, somebody. But without the power that is driven by the presence of God, what are we doing? Right? Prayer is also, I want to remind you of another thing. Prayer is not us getting God to do what we want, but it's us getting a revelation of His want for us. I want to remind you that everything you do for God is connected to what you do through God and with God. And the last reminder I want to give you today, some of you are getting tired of it, but don't worry, I'm going to continue to remind you every week that every great act and miracle will be connected to the power of prayer in your life. So that being said, let's open up to the book of Matthew chapter 6. And today we're going to be reading verses 6 through 13. Would you stand for the reading of God's word this morning? I know you've been doing a lot of spiritual calisthenics already. Uh, but, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to the Father who is in the secret place. We talked about this last week. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. 
And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. Verse 9, this is going to be our main scripture for today. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You may be seated. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray now, open up our heart, open up our minds, open up our understanding. Give us what we need today to hear from you in Jesus name. Amen and amen. Uh, recently, my, uh, my seven-year-old, my now seven-year-old daughter, Maggie, our, our youngest girl, she's now seven years old, she recently, spontaneously, out of nowhere, runs into my room and says, Dad, thank you for everything, and she's very dramatic if you know her, thank you for everything you do to give us a roof, and she's almost like in a musical, to give us a roof, to give us food, and to educate us and love us. I don't know where. And I'm like, I mean, I, I, you know I don't cry very often. Um, but immediately I'm just like, just, I'm just a wreck. I, I mean, there's snot coming out of my nose. There's snot coming out of places I didn't know it was possible to come out, you know. And I am just, I'm, I'm in shambles. And I'm like, baby, where, where, did this, where did this come from? Where did this come from? And, and she goes, my whole life, you guys have tried to teach me that I need to be grateful. And so I thought this morning, I should just be grateful without my mommy and daddy telling me to be. Now, apart from bragging a little bit on my great parenting skills, how many of you know things mean so much more when they're done without being asked to be done? of you know that there's so much meaning and, and it's so much value come on husbands I'm trying to help you out here when you do something without having to be asked to do it right there there's something valuable right when when you're wanting to give something to somebody and you don't put it on them to figure out what's going to bless them right but 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 you you out of something that's in your heart hear me voluntarily do something when it comes to this idea of submission that we're going to talk about today, I think a lot of us, most of us if we're humans, would admit, would have to admit, in that when we hear the word submission, there's something in us that kind of goes, ugh. There's something that kind of goes, ugh. I need to kind of resist this idea. And, and I think, if, if I'm honest, at least for me, I think the resistance comes from a bad understanding, incorrect understanding, that submission is something that I'm dominated and forced into. But see, I want to talk to you today, when it comes to your prayer life, and when it comes to your life with God, God will never force himself on you. Now, can I tell you, this doesn't mean God's not after you. And absolutely, he chases after us, and he wants us. But much like giving us free will, he would rather see us choose him than be forced into his 
will. And so I, I want to I just take what, what would be a biblical definition that most scholars and theologians would agree on of what submission is. Submission, according to a biblical standpoint, would be the voluntary deference of our will or preferences to the will or preferences of another. It is not to be confused with domination. See, this is where the Lord and the enemy of our souls defer, is our enemy wants to dominate us. Our enemy wants to take a hold of us and control us. Come on, you know this with temptation. You know this with sin. You know this as you battle with your own flesh, right? That he wants to take over and dominate you and coerce you, which is why he's a pretty good sweet talker sometimes. And can I just tell you something? If you, talk, if you get talked into something, you're only one step away and you're only one sweet talker away from being talked out of that and talked into something else. Whereas the kingdom principle and a kingdom value is submission from conviction. Mm, come on. The enemy would want to dominate out of a forceful hand while God's way of doing things is I submit to his ways out of a conviction that comes from relationship with him. If you haven't heard it clearly yet in this pre-sermon, C.S. Lewis plainly put it like this, submission is simply obedience. Yes. And so in our life of prayer, and as we look in this over the next few weeks, as, as this idea of on earth as it is in heaven, how do we pray more effectively? How do we become a praying and powerful people in church? As we look at that, my question to you today is, are you willing and able to do the hard yet right thing of preferring His will, of preferring His sovereignty, His rule, and His plan over yours? And I think we will only answer with a resounding yes when we learn what true submission to the Father is. Number one, submission comes from a place of identity. You see, Matthew 6, verse 9 says this, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father. How many of us have skimmed through this and haven't stopped? And realized that this begins from a place of sonship. Good. Yes. You see, when I understand who I am and whose I am, exactly. mm, I find safety under the shadow of my father's wings. And so now submission is not this thing where I'm coerced and forced into and like, right, that's been manipulated and abused. And, and I'll admit it, in the church world, more than most other places, this word submission has almost become a cuss word, right? Because it's been abused and misused and mishandled. Here's my hope for all of us today. And let me just kind of create a parenthesis and create a little bit of a culture moment for us. My hope is that in spite of whatever experiences you've had in the past, that today... You would approach the word of God with open eyes, open ears, and to go, God, if I need to be healed from something, go ahead and do it through your word. My hope today is that not, you not walk out of here with a great communicator in front of you who has convinced you about something or talked you into something. My hope is that through the spirit of God, 
which by the way, another cultural moment, is not just here for us to just have experiences or just have the, the expression of his gifts. Those are all great, beautiful things. We have those week in and week out, but he's here to empower us and to transform us. And so through that same spirit, you would begin to get a conviction, not a coercion, into this idea of submission. That's good preaching right there. This prayer that Jesus is praying, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, begins on the basis of an identity of you're my Father, I'm your son or your daughter. And hear me, church, when we realize that our identity begins as a son or daughter, there is safety in the beautiful kingdom order of hierarchy, which says that under the shadow of his mighty wings, you and I can submit ourselves. Uh, I mentioned the Holy Spirit, but let me just break this out uh, real quickly. Um, uh, the book of Romans chapter 8 says that through His Spirit we can call Him Father. And in 1 Corinthians 12 says that through His Spirit we call Him Lord. So can I just talk to you about, especially those of you that were here last week. And I understand last week, how many of you were here? We, we had kind of a, what I would say, like an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our in our midst, right? And I understand that for some of you that might have been new or that might have been a little bit weird or a little bit scary or, or I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe it was just new. Let me just tell you, the Holy Spirit, like I said earlier, isn't weird. It's people that make him weird, okay? And, and so that, that's one thing. But the, here's the second thing. The, the Holy Spirit is not just here for us to just kind of have a moment. Yeah. The indwelling and journeying with the Spirit of God actually should bear fruit in our lives. And I think the reason why a lot of us are good with Jesus as our brother and our savior, but not good with him as the Lord of our lives, you know, the one that has the last say, you know, the one that actually like dictates what we do or don't do, right? The reason why is because we have yet to truly walk in his spirit because it's only through his spirit that we can say he is Lord. And I think the reason why most of us literally live our lives, and I don't mean to, to offend you here um, or, or, or kind of go into a place where I, I shouldn't, but I'm going to go there, is the reason why I think some of us even walk out an identity of orphans and we kind of submit under the spirit of being an orphan is because we have yet to allow the spirit of God to help us declare Abba, Father, as Romans 8 says. It says the Spirit Himself bears witness. And now we can cry out, Abba, Father. Man, that's a completely different teaching, but that's, that's really good doctrine there if you didn't know that. Um, but we're going to just keep on going here with where, where I feel like the Lord needs us to go today. Um, so it is both His indwelling and His infilling of His Spirit that will lead us to a true submission from a place, hear me, of understanding who I am and whose I am. And I don't know if it's obvious to you yet, but um, our culture today is okay with bringing confusion to your identity. I don't know if that's been made clear to anybody here yet. And by the way, I know where most of you, your mind is going. I'm not just talking about sexual confusion, by the way. I'm talking about many of you fathers aren't walking out your identity as a father because you're looking at culture to dictate what that looks like. 
many of you women right now are stuck in a spiral, and I'm sorry, I'm not sorry, of watching so much content online that tells you who you need to be and has nothing to do with what a daughter or a, 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 of the king would look like. But you're, the world's wanting to confuse your identity so that you would become less effective in the kingdom of God. And so we've got to learn to be, as children of God, understand that, for example, me, Tony, I'm going to talk about myself. My identity does not come from being a pastor, let's say. It might be a call on my life, well, and hopefully it's not a might, hopefully it's a for sure. <laughs> okay? Right? It, it doesn't even come, my identity doesn't come from just what I do. Right? If I, as a pastor, as a father, as a husband, and everything, other other hats that I wear... If, I don't, if I'm not rooted in the fact that I'm first a son of God, I'm walking a really dangerous line. And you want to know why, oh man, this is in my notes, but I got to go there. Uh, you want to know why we've got pastors falling over and over again, flat on their faces. And we're, we're seeing scandal after scandal and God have mercy on everything that's yes. taking place. But here's where I'd boil it down to is, do they understand their identity? Because I'm not saying that when I understand my identity, all of a sudden everything is fine and dandy, but I now pass every action, thought, and word through the filter of, does this line up with the identity of a son of God? Jesus says, hallowed be your name. Uh, this is, I, I mentioned this in our first week, I want to remind you, this is an action verb that implies your name must be praised. It must be uniquely valued above anything else in the world. So yes, my friend, you and I, were not God. <laughs> but Tony, I, I've never said that I'm God. I don't, I, don't, I don't, you may not say it, but you know, your actions and your thoughts and your intentions... Many times, when you approach God, unless there's submission, you're actually saying, hey, I know, like, you're God, but, like, I am too. Can I, I'm not going to ask permission anymore. I'm just going to go there. Um, also, this is why sometimes there's disorder in the local church. Okay? Where, like, I think... I'm God, so I mold my church to my liking. And if, and if it doesn't mold itself into my liking, what do I do? Come on. I criticize. I start trash talking behind people's backs. Then I go from church to church to church to church. That doesn't happen here. This is just a hypothetical. But hear me on this, and, and there's, there's a heaviness even in my spirit as I read these notes and, and, and deliver this to you. When I say, Jesus, holy is your name, God, I'm coming under your name. Ooh, like... when the deed of a vehicle or the deed of a house is under someone's name, there's ownership. Yes. 
legal ownership. When I go, God, my Father, Jesus, holy is your name. I'm submitting myself to your ownership, God. And my friend, let it not be known that we just use Jesus' name as some rabbit's lucky foot. Where whenever we're desperate, we just say that name. And we don't understand the weight. I'm telling you, I don't know if you know this. This is why it's good for you to know church history and for you to know your Bible. The people of God wouldn't even dare and say his name. It was but a breath. The very statement of his name infers that I must come under his lordship. Number two. Here's where it's going to be beautiful. Is that submission is voluntary, not forced. 6.10 of the book of Matthew. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This implies God I am giving up my will. You're not just taking my will from me. You see the difference there? Where I go, God, your will be done. I'm surrendering my will. And I'm going, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. By the way, I want to ask you a question because many of us that are on fire for the Lord are passionate for Jesus. You know, we don't miss a Sunday. We, and that's right and that's beautiful and that's good. But how many of us have the ability to answer this question? How will his kingdom come if it doesn't come through you? How else is his kingdom going to be established on this earth if it's not through his very people? Come on, I got to get preachy on you for a second because we're getting a little quiet today. And that's this. The church, the local church, though it may be under attack, as it has always been, by the way, it literally began with actual persecution, not just like, oh, they won't let me meet for like a few... Never mind, I'm not going to go there. Sorry, I'm not going to go there. My bad, my bad, my bad. I'm not going to go there, okay? That has never been God's plan B. It's always been plan A. And if you and I want to be the kind of people that go, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Let your kingdom... If we are unwilling, hear me, to be those that actually bring forth the violent kingdom of God on earth, then all this is, is exactly what Jesus told us not to do. Words that are in vain that we just repeat. Why is that so important, Tony? Because submission, by definition, is this, is I'm coming under a mission. Yes. Yes. Did you know God has a mission? Yes. Come on, I don't know if you know this, but this is more than just a cute tagline on our wall. Jesus, people, overall. Do you know people are his mission? Yes, they are. That, that's his mission. Yes. How do you know that, Tony? Ah, uh, Jesus said it really clearly. Yes. I came to seek and save the lost. Oh, Tony, you're just evangelistic. Well, you should be too. Well, Tony, you're just only worried about the non-believer. Well, you should have some sort of concern about your neighbor going to hell. 
I'm just saying. We should be so not into ourselves that all we think about is us and ours and God's going, coming under my mission means I am establishing something on this earth that, hear me, and I'm going to say this very clearly in 2024, is the only answer that there is out there. Like there is no other way. And so when I submit my request to God, and I go, God, I want to come under your mission. I'm actually saying, God, whatever it takes, use my life to see your kingdom established on this earth. Because I want to see people that have no hope have hope. And my prayers should start with that. And that's what it should be. Like it should break our hearts when we see images of people with needles stuck into their veins. When we see homes destroyed by drug addiction and alcoholism and pornography. And we should be destroyed in our hearts when we see fatherlessness. And, and we should just, it should shatter our hearts because that's what the kingdom of God came for. Jesus, in the book of Matthew, chapter 26, verse 36 to 39, it says that Jesus went with them, his disciples, to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus is about to be tortured. I I don't know if we get it, you guys. Easter rolls around and we're just like, Yay, Easter bunnies! By the way, we've got some big news to tell you. February 4th, you don't want to miss that Sunday. We've got some big news about Easter. Um, big, big news. Um, but he, he's like about to literally be tortured, right? I mean, choking on his blood up on a cross. And he's like, hey. I got a mission to fulfill, God. So, if this is the only way, send me. Are you seeing the weight of our prayers? Number three, I'm almost done, but I'm not done crying, so just keep it, keep with me. Number three, Submission brings freedom and blessing. Wait, Tony, what what do you mean? Paul actually writes beautifully on this, and I don't have time to break this all out, but Paul says you're going to be a slave to one of two things. 
but you're going to be a slave to something. You're either going to be a slave to sin and your flesh, or you're going to be a slave to the Spirit. And one of those brings captivity, and the other one brings freedom. True freedom. If you don't like Paul's writing, well then, sorry, you missed half of the New Testament. Then I'll go with Jesus. Jesus goes, man, to gain my life, i got to first lose it. Um. Okay, Hebrews 12, 1 to 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Look at this. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus knew what this submission to pain would end up bringing. And so, for the freedom and blessing, he submitted. My friend, just like Jesus walked with the Father and hand in hand with the Spirit of God, his desire is that you, my friend, here today would be fully submitted and fully free. There is safety and freedom and blessing in knowing, hear me, that the buck actually doesn't stop with us. I don't know about you, but that's really good news. Maybe it's because I'm viewing this from the perspective of a pastor, but like I'm going, just like, just kind of go with me for a quick second here, okay? I'm like, we own properties, our building floods, there's hundreds of you and your lives and your souls at stake and your children and your children's children. There's budgets, there's staff, there's people to deal with. I'm glad that doesn't stop with me. Like, I, I'm not trying to just, like, paint a picture for you. Sorry for me. But, like, put yourself in whatever situation you're in. There is freedom in you going, this actually doesn't all just land on me. Uh, maybe you're a stay-at-home parent. And you're struggling to just make it through the day without screaming at your kids. Come on, let's be honest. Some of you are looking at me like, oh, you're just an extra good liar, Okay. There's safety in going, man, God, like, I get to, I get to submit this to you. The questions I've got, the downfalls that I've got, my shortcomings, I I don't know what the future is going to look like. Come on, young person, you're sitting in this room and you're kind of enduring maybe 45 minutes of Tony doing his thing up here. And maybe you're going, I don't know what my, guess what? The buck doesn't stop with just you. You live a life submitted. Hear it from me. I'm about to be 36 years old. Let me talk to some young people in the room. Okay, I just feel anointed to do that right now. Let me, just hear it from me, man. Like, there is blessing and freedom when you submit your life to Jesus. And I'm just going to tell you this. Do it now at a young age. And learn what, learn it. Learn it. And know that you won't stop learning. And it's not going to be easy. It's certainly going to be brutal at times. Beautiful and brutal. 
But there is something to be said about God's reward. Mm. And no, my friend, I am not preaching the prosperity gospel. I'm preaching what the Bible says. That he is the, a rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him. You, you, want, you want to be blessed with long life? You want to be satisfied with long life? You want, to, you want goodness and mercy to follow you all the days of your life? You want to take every step knowing that the master has it all figured out already? You want to live in, a, in an assuredness that, man, as long as I'm in his will, I'm safe? You want to do that? Submit. Come under authority and go, God, my life is not my life. My future, my plan, this is you, oh God. I, I got to wrap this up. Uh, the keys can come up. Can I kindly say this to somebody in the room today? That maybe this entire time I've been preaching, no matter how many tears I've shed, no matter how many bangers I've dropped, you're still a little bit uptight about this. Let me kindly say, it's time to let go of your pride. Some of you have been listening and now at the same time, the enemy's trying to help you make excuses in the back as to why you shouldn't submit even to the hardships of the dealings of God. Yeah. And I, I just got to just tell you because I love you and because I want the best for you sooner rather than later. Time to let go of your pride. You're not too high and mighty to continue to allow yourself to think that the buck always stops with you, that everything is on your shoulders. In fact, it's time for you to be free, to be free in his hands, knowing that your daddy's got you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Psalm 91. This is beautiful. It's not on the screen because I wanted to read it to you. So I want you to close your eyes and I want you to let these words wash over you. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers. And under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him 
I will set him on high. Because he has known my name, he shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Submission, when it comes from a place of identity, when it's voluntarily not coerced, brings forth freedom and blessing. And a taste of that blessing and freedom is found in what we just read in Psalm 91. We're now going to turn our attention from His Word into a moment of reflection. And there's four ways that you can do that today. If you need prayer for anything, you can head on over to the back of the sanctuary at the cross. And if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, and you're going, I, I want to begin this journey, or maybe you've got questions about that, or maybe you've done that before and you've never, and, and, and now you've like walked away, now you want to come back. If that's you today, you can head over to the cross. There are people there that can help answer your questions, walk you through that. If you need prayer for anything at all, you can head over to the cross. I want to ask you, what do you have to give today? What do you, all of us have something to surrender to the Lord as a response. There's also a communion table set up here in the front and one in the back. And then we're just going to have a moment of, of reflection. I'm not going to have Sophia sing a song or anything. We're just going to allow the Word of God to sink into our hearts and souls and inspire a response from us all. Father, I thank you for your Word now. And I pray, Lord, that as we always pray, help us to not just be hearers, but help us to be doers of your word. I pray now as we take a moment to reflect, to meditate, to hear from you, that you would be faithful to speak to us and complete the work that you've begun in all of us. And Lord, as, as we go to the cross for prayer or as we come to the table of communion, Lord, help us to have a heart of gratitude that goes, if it was not for Jesus Christ, this wouldn't even be an option for me. So I thank you, Lord, for this moment in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go ahead and respond, and then I'll come back up to dismiss us in a little bit. Thank you once again for joining us today. We hope today's message encouraged you, challenged you, and caused your faith to grow. If you enjoyed today's message, we highly encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. That way you don't miss out on any future messages. To get to know us, to get connected with us, and to know how you can best partner with us, head to our website, LegacyChurchID.com, or come see us in person at our campus in Meridian, Idaho. We look forward to connecting with you. May God bless you and have a great rest of your day.